0: Good morning again. Welcome to our session. Uh, we have 55 minutes planned for it now. Uh, I think it will be a very interesting and exciting session. We have a great panel lined up for you. Uh, before we get going, a couple of housekeeping rules. When you walked in, you must have been given a card. Uh, the intention of the card is for you to capture any questions you may have while the presentation is going on. This is a three-part session. I will set the context of a little bit of the industry dynamics. Uh, introduce you to Redis and Redis Labs, and then we'll have uh, the panelists here talk about what they're doing with Redis and, and Redis Labs in each of the organizations. Uh, and then we'll have a, a conversation which hopefully is very interactive. I invite all of you to uh, to participate. Uh, if you pass the cards on, we can use those questions. We also have mics on, on the two aisles. Feel free to uh, to walk up and, uh, and ask your questions. Hopefully it'll be uh, informative and uh, you know, a good session is uh, when you walk away and feel like you've learned something and then we can give as a panelist a gift. That, that's what I've heard. So let's see if you can accomplish the task. Um, let me introduce uh, the panelists here. Uh, so we have uh, Kyle Oppenheim from, from Groupon. He's the VP of Engineering there. Kyle was amongst the first 10 employees at Groupon's Palo Alto office. He grew a team of talented engineers that scaled Groupon's site during a period of hyper growth. In 2013, Kyle drove improvements to Groupon's deal targeting platform that increased purchase conversion and, and user activation rates via behavioral targeting. Prior to Groupon, uh, Groupon, Kyle was development manager at Microsoft and he received both his master's and bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, electrical and computer engineering from Carnegie Mellon University. Please welcome Kyle. Next, we have uh, Jacqueline Hufford-Jensen. She's a senior manager for database administration at LifeLock. At LifeLock, Jacqueline is responsible for providing leadership and managing day-to-day operations of the company's database systems, which include Oracle, SQL Server, MySQL, NoSQL, and every acronym you can think about, (laughs) uh, both on-premises and the cloud infrastructure. Jacqueline has worked as a database architect for Fortune 500 companies. It's a very long list. Bear with me. AC Nielsen, EDS, Honeywell, uh, Nike, Sun, Visa, United States of Services, uh, American Stock Exchange, Intel, and others. Uh, Jacqueline holds a bachelor's degree in computer science and physics from Ball State University. Please welcome Jacqueline. And finally, we have George Chittumetel, principal software engineer with Intuit. George has over 17 years of experience delivering multiple enterprise class applications and is an active contributor to various open source projects. At Intuit, George is responsible for the developer platform team that focuses on design and development of the primary web presence, which is developer.intuit.com. Prior to Intuit, George was a senior software architect at Philips Electronics overseeing the feasibility and roadmap team at Philips Cardiology Informatics. Uh, he graduated with a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. Watch this. For Thangal, at uh, Thangal Kunju Musaliar College of Engineering in India. Did I get that right? Yep. yep. Please welcome George. <laughs>
1: Let's
0: see if this works. Can I get the clicker to work? There we go. Alright. And my name is Manish Gupta. I'm the CMO at Redis Labs. Uh, today's session hopefully will be very informative to you. Uh, first of all, before we dive in, how many of you are familiar with Redis? That's good. Very good. So I would say 70, 80%. And how many of you are actually using or deploying Redis today? Very good. 50, 60%. You know, that's the power of Redis. Before we dive into Redis, I want to give uh, frame the conversation here today. Uh, you know, over the last 20 years, the IT stack and the enterprise has really evolved from an inward focus on ensuring the efficiency of operations as the ERP systems got got into play, moved to more of an external-facing environment and focus on customer experience and customer satisfaction, where the CRM systems became very important. Then we moved to web-scale environments where mobile and large web applications became mainstream and was a focus. Over the last five years, we've all talked and learned and deployed big data. And finally, very recently, including the announcements from AWS over the last uh, two days, on advanced machine learning. I think the desire for things that are immediate, desire for customer experience, both as a consumer and in the enterprise, uh, that's unparalleled from what used to be before has led to some foundational drivers that impact how databases need to be architected, that impact how enterprise IT stack and IT infrastructure is to be managed and deployed. So let me just walk through a little bit on, on the macro drivers. You know, the first thing is we talk about the velocity and the Vs of, of big data, but, but really it's about the complexity of data. And, and that complexity comes for, because the number of sources of data that we deal with has gone up exponentially. The velocity with which we have to deal with the ingest of the data, manage the data, has has gone up a lot. The next piece is, you know, at AWS, we like to believe that everything is moving to the cloud. We know that just about 10% of the workload is in the cloud today. Certainly, that's accelerating. But the question is, will everything move to the cloud, or will it remain a hybrid environment? You know, I suspect it will be hybrid for a very, very long time. So as the IT stack has to deal with the evolving and emerging infrastructure of the cloud, they have to continue to deal with the legacy of, of the on-premise environment. And that, with itself, brings complexity that perhaps is, is new to most enterprises. Next is real-time insights. You know, it's long of the days where we used to print logs of data and look at two months, three months of data, make decisions based on it, and put that into practice. Now the desire is to have the data get the analysis and do the transaction at the same time in, in, in really real-time if it's not near real-time. And that, that desire for real-time insights creates a lot of challenges for the entire IT stack and certainly on databases. The next piece is, you know, as I talked about, you know, inward looking versus outward looking, systems of record versus systems of innovation. The focus was, was quite a bit on operational efficiency. Today, the focus is how does an enterprise survive and differentiate in a competitive in a hyper-competitive environment. So that it can be differentiated, what systems of insight, systems of innovation, systems of differentiation can be put to put to work, so that you're able to make competitive decisions, whether it's pricing decisions, whether it's supply chain decisions, whatever it might be, uh, are, are almost a requirement today in the enterprise. So if you take that list of macro drivers and say, what does it mean to the database architectures? You know, that's the, the middle column I've tried to portray here. Performance. You know, we're we're looking at. In experience, we need to deliver in applications within a full round-trip delay of 100 milliseconds, which means the database must be able to deal with a millisecond type of a latency. So we're talking about hundreds of thousands of operations per second that must be done with sub-millisecond latency. Next piece is scalability. You know, this is not just about doing a lot in a scale-up environment, but how do you go in and distribute a distributed, scale-out environment, which is the, the harder problem to solve. And the databases have to address that uh, to be able to meet the, the, the challenges we talked about earlier. Next is flexibility. And the flexibility has got many, many dimensions to it. What the application is looking for is agility. The changes that are happening in, in an environment today, the, the, the app world we have, it's not a life cycle of two years or three years, but perhaps six months, perhaps three months, or even shorter than that. And as that happens, the databases have to react to that to be able to meet the requirements of the changing application world and the user behavior. Ease of use. These databases can't be too complex. We can't afford, as an enterprise, to build the competencies across all of these uh, technologies uh, that will keep on changing. And the economic impact, it's not simply about the cost of licensing a database or what you might be paying as database service, but really what is the cost of the underlying infrastructure? How much compute power is really required to support the database architecture? And so the overall cost, the economic value and the economic cost, Picture is, is a complex one, and database architectures must address that. And the last one is the talent. We know that the technical talent pool is, is very, very hard to, to get your arms around as an enterprise and to be able to attract that talent. Now, think about a technology-based database that's evolving and it's proliferating to a very large number. How do you get the talent pool that can deal with this wide variety of technologies in the database world? So. This is not necessarily a comprehensive list, but gives you a good context for this conversation today, which is, you know, the database world has, is evolving and has to deal with a lot of these things. So what has the industry done so far to address these drivers and the challenges posed to the database? If you go to dbengines.com, which is a a source uh, that lists out all these databases, you'll find there are over 250 databases now listed and the list seems to be growing. How do you how do you grapple with that and is, as you're trying to make selections of these technologies that might be best of breed in, in a very specific function they do? Or do you go with a technology that has a broader capability set? Second piece is database as a service. You know, we were the early pioneers about three years ago when we launched that. Today everybody is trying to get to a database as a service. And, and it's evolved because movement of the cloud has evolved because big data is acquiring. And we'll talk a bit more about that. Managed services. As the diversity of technologies has has increased a lot, the complexity has gone up, the ability for the enterprise to deal with the internal resources has become challenging and and it's less so every day. So managed services seem to be uh, becoming more important. Focus on the core business as opposed to trying to focus on the technologies in the database space. Multi-model databases. So instead of a single model, a multi-model data, database that can serve multiple needs, multiple use cases, multiple business units, uh, units in, an, uh, in an enterprise is uh, seems to be one of the ways of, of addressing the challenges. And finally, memory flexibility. You know, performance, you get in memory, that's the best answer. You can't put everything on disk, which is the cheapest answer. Uh, you might be thinking about Flash. How do you deal with the variety of these? Some databases address that and give you the option to pick and allocate your workloads. Others tell you, you you know, you get the best option if you pick one or the other. And so the the database industry has tried to respond and continue evolving to meet these drivers and the challenges we talked about. Let me um, introduce you to Redis. For the 30% that don't already know Redis in the room, it's uh, it's really heartening to see that most of you do know. Uh, It's an open source project that started about seven and a half years ago, and today it's the leading in-memory database platform that offers high performance op- for both operations as well as analytics use cases. So it covers a very broad spectrum. Redis Labs is the company behind Redis technology. We also offer so certainly the largest support of the open source effort. But more importantly, we offer enterprise class or enterprise Redis. And we'll talk about a little bit what that means. Both delivered as software on-premises that either can be managed by us or managed by yourself, as well as as database-as-a-service or Redis-as-a-service that can run in a public cloud of your choice, not necessarily just AWS. And it can also be in your own VPC if that's the preferred mechanism. So where does Redis fit into this 250-odd databases that are out there? We've tried to simplify this equation uh, for for this discussion purposes. You know, on the on the extreme right is what you might call the relational legacy databases, right? That's where 80 90% of the market is today. And then on the extreme left of the middle are the two what you might call as next-generation databases. There are several what specialized databases, and I've tried to put a, a few examples of those. Where Redis fits in is in this category of NoSQL. You know, among the top three players, the, the true native in-memory database is, is Redis. And that's the so in-memory NoSQL database. That's the category you can you know, put, put Redis in and quite uh, put straightforward. It's extremely popular, the fact that a large portion of this room is aware of it. You know, it, constantly we are amazed with what people are doing with Redis and where in the world they're doing this. There are hundreds of thousands of developers around the world that, that just use Redis. And some of these uh, rankings are from third-party sources to give you just a sense of how popular Redis is. And let's now talk about why is Redis so popular? And what has led to the proliferation of Redis for all sorts of applications? Let me ask a question. How many of you think Redis is a key value store? And how many of you think it's, it's actually a broader play? It can do a lot more. Very good. Very good. I was expecting the reverse answer, but it's very good. So the first piece, you know, there, there are three fundamental attributes that make Redis so popular. The first one is performance. We talked about the customer experience requirement that needs instant response. We talked about real-time insights becoming a mandatory requirement for the enterprise to be competitive in the marketplace. And based on what the architecture is and how Redis is structured, you're able to get hundreds of thousands of operations up. You know a a million operations per second with sub-millisecond latency. And that goes with the efficiency you can get all of that on very, very modest EC2 instances or your computer horsepower requirement is, is very, very low compared to the other options. So that's the first premise. It's high performance. It's efficient high performance. The second one is simplicity. You know, Gartner recently did its uh, magic quadrant on the operational database and for the second year in a row, it ranked Redis number one, Redis Labs number one in time to market Across the entire operational database set that they evaluated. And that's, that's testament to the fact that Veris is very simple to deploy and utilize. And it comes from the fact that it's got prepackaged code, which it's a, it's a, you know, multi-function data store. So just like you've all recognized, it's not just a key value store, it's got these data structures that can be mixed and matched. The data structures that can allow you to execute your functionality with very, very small investment of time and resources. And you can see some of the examples here. And lastly, in May of 2016, earlier this year, Redis introduced a concept of modules, an API where you can take an existing C, C++ uh, code set and deploy it on top of Redis. Leveraging the simplicity and performance of the Redis data structures that you get from, from Core Redis. And to give you an example, uh, we we developed full-text search engine on Redis in a two-month two, two month time frame. That was a module for full-text search today that's delivering performance that many times better than the search engines that you might know as Elasticsearch or Solar. Taking what exists in the marketplace, putting it on Redis, and getting in the benefit of that technology. That's the extensibility part. So take the three components together, and you can see why Redis has become so popular just want to run through very quickly over the years what that innovation curve has looked like from, from Redis Labs. Among the first ones to deliver Redis as a service, offering it as an enterprise-grade on your premises. Moving on, earlier we introduced Redis on Flash, which is a very powerful piece. We all know Redis in memory is the fastest-performing database on the planet, but now you have the option of allocating and registering your workloads across RAM and Flash depending on the economics of the business model that you're trying to serve in in your enterprise. You have that option today. Talked about Redis modules. And finally, very recently, we introduced Redis machine learning module. This can work in conjunction with Spark ML, for example, where the decision trees and the training can continue to be in Spark. But the interactive workload is done through Redis. And by that combination, you're able to speed up the, the machine learning effort on whatever the use case might be by many, many times. And if anyone's interested in this, we can we can have a deeper dive uh, on that at, at our booth on uh, booth 615 uh, later today. Some examples. So Redis popularity and Redis Labs deployments. These are some sampling uh, sample customers. As you can see, it cuts across a wide variety of industries. It's a horizontal play that serves. <laughs> um, you've got the entire Twitter timeline on Redis as an example. You've got American Express running Apple Pay uh, on Redis Labs technology and so on. Over 60,000 accounts, 6,600 enterprise customers, a very wide acceptance range for for Redis. The Redis Labs ecosystem. So I want to make, make one very important point here. The open source community is at the heart of Redis success. And Redis Labs fosters that, works with that community very closely to ensure that the growth of the technology, the innovation continues, and at the same time, evolves the enterprise, Redis, to meet the mission-critical needs of largest enterprises around the world. What you see here, we work with, certainly, AWS, but we work with other platforms, Google, IBM, uh, Microsoft. We've got hardware partners, and the list goes on. So it's a very large ecosystem that's serving the database needs with with Redis and Redis Labs. So where is Redis Labs' technology utilized, the platform utilized? Uh, These are some examples of, of the use cases where we're seeing some of the customers you saw on the previous slide use Redis Labs, the enterprise Redis. High-speed transactions, as you might expect, when you're trying to run, uh, when you can offer a million operations per second, this becomes a natural choice in an e-commerce setting, for example. Time series data in an IoT environment is a good example where Redis is getting a lot of acceptance. Uh, Caching, I think everybody knows that, so I'll skip it. Social functionality. An example of that is Twitch, an Amazon company, doing 400,000 chat sessions simultaneously using redis labs uh, running analytics uh, many companies doing recommendations engine based on redis labs high speed data ingest serving as a scale scalability layer on top of the slower systems so that you can now uh, deal with the kind of the, the the speed or the performance deltas between various systems geo search an example of that is a, a, a dating a mobile mobile app a dating mobile app which is making recommendations on, on who you might want to reach out to based on the geography where you are at, uh, and, and so on. So just a few examples of what the use cases are. You'll hear a lot more from, from the panels of what they're doing uh, with Redis. And I want to end my introduction here with, with this data set, uh, which we, it's a survey we did very recently, the response is about 200-plus responses on what are people doing with Redis and Redis Labs. Uh, this is Redis Labs customers. So on the left-hand side are, are the Redis use cases. You can see high-speed transactions, u- user session store, job and queue management, and the uh, content caching being the top four, but there are others uh, on, on that list as well. And the solutions are getting utilized. Again, it's uh, no one place. It is quite widespread, ranging from you know e-commerce to portalization to analytics and so on. Uh, so hopefully this corroborates in your mind that Redis is utilized for a lot of, Things in different, diverse industries, and and with this, I'm going to uh, pass it on to Intuit, to George, to talk about what they're doing at Intuit. Thank you.
2: This, this okay. Hello, uh, my name is George. I'm a principal engineer working for Intuit. Um, I work for the small business group. Let me talk a little bit about Intuit. Intuit is a leading provider of financial services. Uh, We cater to both individuals and small businesses. Some of our flagship products includes Mint, TurboTax, and QuickBooks. We also have dedicated solutions for professional tax accountants. We are a 30-plus-year-old SaaS company, and we've been constantly transforming ourselves. We've seen many platform shifts from doors uh, to windows to the, uh, to the web, and from mobile to the cloud. And we are committed to winning in the cloud. In fact, AWS is a key part of our transition to the public cloud. We've been delivering cloud-based solutions for the last decade or more, and we serve more than 42 million customers or with products and services. We are one of the earliest companies of this scale and with this class of data to move to the public cloud. Let's talk a little bit about Redis. So some groups within Intuit have already started using Redis for various goals, these use cases include as a persistent store for cash and as a message broker. And what has attracted us towards Redis is its um, um, performance and ability to scale with very little hardware requirements. Let me go to the right slide, because at Intude, we strive to simplify the business of life. but life is not always simple. Our customers might want to reach us to solve a particular problem. They might want to reach us, reach an expert to solve a particular problem. If it's tax day, April 15, you might want to connect with that expert as soon as the expert is becoming available. On the other hand, if you are a busy small business owner, you might prefer to schedule an appointment at your convenience. Our customer experience technology group have created a solution with which they can connect our customers with an expert uh, in the most convenient way. we had used technology from various vendors to to fulfill this use case, but this might come as a surprise that the contact center industry is not really cutting edge with microservices and all of that, right? So not all vendor provided APIs satisfy our need for availability and our customization. Uh, fortunately, our platforms team have created a, a customer center platform, services platform that fulfills this need. At the heart of this platform is a reliable deployment of Redis Labs services. Redis serves, um, as a cache, obviously, uh, during tax week, you know, uh, cache is actually really useful. Uh, it also serves as a data store for the integration platform. Um, let me go to the right slide again. Yeah, um, with up and early persistence and with replication, we've met our liability needs while le- leveraging the performance capabilities of an in-memory store. We use Redis pub uh, for various non-durable eventing uh, needs, like, for example, pushing a config change to web server, to an active web server, or pushing a key value notification to all our services. Other use cases of Redis uh, include uh, we, we leverage the Redis replication capability uh, to sync our application cache across data centers. This allows us to keep our DR site warm, and in the places where you are using active-active, it keeps our cache, um, I don't know, it in- increases the bandwidth of our cache. In short, Redis is a Swiss Army knife with good performance and reliability, and it's very easy to manage. Thank you.
3: Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm Jacqueline Hupper jensen I am the senior manager at LifeLock uh, for the database administration, the databases, and the database platforms. At LifeLock, we have over eight database platforms. When I joined four years ago, we had two. So we are definitely growing in that range. Um, what does LifeLock do? LifeLock is an identity protective protections uh, company. We protect people's identity. Um, we also have wallet recovery which brings me to a very interesting story from last night. Had dinner last night uh, with some wonderful gentlemen, and one of the gentlemen at the table was mentioning how he used, he is a LifeLock customer, and he likes the LifeLock product. Um, but especially the piece of the product that he likes is the wallet recovery product, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, curious to see how what this is going, and he goes, well, he's on the road a lot, he travels consistently, so his wallet is key to him. So if he loses his wallet and he's out on the road, you can only imagine how that would be, right? If you were here this week and somebody stole your wallet, compromised your wallet, or you just lost your wallet, the, the amount of work you'd have to go through in order to get back on that plane to get back home would be very interesting. So I used to be a road warrior, so I can actually empathize with that. But I got off the road about 10 years ago and went into the real world, Um, and so here I am. Um, Out of our products, the product that is important to me is the identity product, and the reason I say that is your personal information is very important, right? My personal information is very important. My name, my address, my telephone number, my credit cards, my bank account numbers. um, All of these are very detrimental if they're stolen, excuse me. <clears throat> um, so, why why do I say all of this? Right, we actually use Redis for our auth authentic, authentic, authentication into our uh, application. So we use it to authenticate users that are coming into our application. I need some water. <clears throat> Just, excuse me, sorry guys. I knew this was going to happen. Excuse me, one second. So, Redis is used for both our session state data as well as our authentication. So we use it for authorization um, as well as the authentication. Why did we pick Redis? We've had it for about two years, and so it is a key store functionality, which is what we were needing and using. Um, It is highly available, and that also is very key, especially if you understand what we do within LifeLock. Um, the cost of Redis, the, there's just no comparison, right? Between the cost and support that you get with Redis is just wonderful for us. Um, straightforwardness of implementation, that was key to us. As I mentioned, we have eight platforms. Um, I have six DBAs on, the, on my team. So the, in order to have somebody who has that much experience um, to cover all of these platforms, is very difficult to find. So... Um, being able to implement Redis with limited and, and much of the ease is great for us. Um, we did employ it internally, but I do expect that it will be in the cloud within the next year. So this is just a high-level diagram of exactly what uh, we are doing with it. Um, I do have an engineer from our company in the audience, Dave. Um, so if we have any questions afterwards, I'm sure Dave will be more than happy to to help, help me out. Um, but what it is, it's, it's just pretty much what OAuth does. Uh, come in and authenticate. You uh, save the session state information into the Redis database into in memory. Um, once you leave and you come back in, it's using that authentication token to allow you in within the duration of time. Our duration of time is stored within our APIs and is controlled by our APIs. Um, we have continued to uh, implement um, Redis into more and more of our functions within our authentication, Um, so it has become a critical piece for our our product line. If Redis is down, our product is down, so it is a uh, core piece to our environment. So thank you for your time, and have a great afternoon.
1: Uh, hi, my name is uh, Kyle Oppenheim. I'm uh, Vice President of Engineering at Groupon. Um, how many people are familiar with Groupon or have purchased a Groupon? All right, excellent. So I'll uh, keep the description short. Uh, we uh, offer experiences for people to see and do things uh, in their local community. Uh, and we also have an uh, e-commerce business, business shipping uh, goods to folks. And we're uh, uh, early on mobile. 60% of our transactions are on, on mobile. Um, uh we use Redis uh in a number of contexts. Uh Manish spoke earlier about caching as well as uh queuing. Uh I'm not gonna talk about these use cases because they're fairly straightforward. Uh I thought I'd talk about some of our uh more advanced use cases of Redis. Um, we chose Redis uh mainly for its high performance. We have uh, uh we use it in uh search, we use it in uh page views in the real-time setting, uh, and we went low low page uh latencies. Uh we also use it in a, in a number of contexts and we really enjoy it because it's versatile. We, uh, uh, don't have flat engineers to learn a whole bunch of different, uh, technologies. Um, we are, use MySQL and Postgres primarily for transactions and, uh, Redis for, uh, key value and caches. Um, this is the first use case, uh, I wanted to highlight. Uh, I went to a talk yesterday at, uh, uh, Diego, uh, from Amazon, uh, David Markala, I believe, uh, gave a talk about their log uh, ingestion APIs. Uh, we have a very similar system. This is for our uh, relevant system. Uh, every view you see on Groupon uh, of any deal in any context, whether it's a push notification um, in your mobile app uh, on the home page, uh, comes from uh, this system, very much like an ad serving engine. Uh, we ingest all the logs from every user activity on the site, whether it be a click, whether it be a purchase event, uh, whether it be a, s- a scroll event. Uh and just that through uh, log ingestion, we haven't used Apache Kafka. Uh we do some uh transformations on that with Storm. Um, and uh we use Elasticsearch, uh, we've used solar in the past for the search itself, but we want to rank that differently depending on uh the customer context. If you've purchased something in the past in a particular category, you're more likely to purchase again in that category. Um, I purchased uh go-kart racing in the past, I, uh, so I like to see more uh, uh go-kart racing in the future. Um, And so we take all this click information, and we need to sync it into a a data store for real-time access, and we we use Redis for that, and it's a a really fast, low latency solution for us. Uh, While we're doing the search on Elastic, the information comes back from Redis in parallel uh, for ranking. Um, This is another case that's uh, a little clever. Uh, In e-commerce, we see a lot of uh, credit card fraud. Um, Pretty rampant, actually, in, in, in certain countries. Um, this is the limit of, uh, of an anti-fraud solution. I'm sure there's other talks that will go into that. But uh, one thing that, that fraudsters like to do is open up numerous uh, accounts. Um, it's a lot easier to get around uh, transactional uh, limits um, if you use the same credit card, same billing information across 6, 7, 20, 30,000 different user accounts. Um, one nice thing about Redis, not using it as a key value store, but using some of the advanced data structures, is uh, uh, targeting these, these folks. So one one of the things we do here is use Redis set functionality. Um, uh, I'm picking on uh, Manish here as the, uh, as the black hat. I yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be the white hat. Um, so I'm a, a valid customer. Uh, I've purchased a Groupon. Um, I have various information on my account, such as cookies and IP addresses and and so forth. Um, Manish uh, Manish has a uh, uh, different cookies, different um, uh, email addresses, and so forth. But he stole my credit card, and he happens to have my same credit card account. And uh, we can detect this by looking for the cardinality of the Redis set. Um, we just index this uh, numerous times uh, on cookies, IP addresses, email addresses, billing addresses, and so forth. And if we see the cardinality of any of these sets approach two, three, five, uh, we—it's we, it's a very fast check in the, in the, in the purchase funnel. Um, so thank you very much.